Blog Talk Radio. of Weigh-In Sports. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Trey Patterson will not be with me tonight, but Jonathan Miklos will be stepping in. He always does a great job in the show, so we want to welcome him in a moment uh, when he arrives. But it is here, March Madness. I mean, I've been waiting all year for this, Jonathan, and, you know, football season's over. I've been having that itch. But I think March Madness will, will fill that void for a month. What do you think? Oh, I agree, man. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, I, I love Mars Madness. It's got to be one of my favorite, you know, tournaments. You, you just got to love it. I mean, if you're a college sportsman of any kind. Man, it, it's just it, it's just one of those days today. And, and, and we're, we're going to talk about this. But, Jonathan, have you ever seen the committee miss it, when it in regards to seeding, as you saw today? Or am I just way off base here? Oh, I think I think you have a very valid point there. There is definitely some um, some real obscurities here. I don't understand some of these these seedings at all. I don't either. But hey, speak. Uh, Trey is here. I think he's going to pop in a moment oh. with us. Trey, hope all's well with you tonight. Oh, what's up, buddy? I, I, mean, I didn't think you were showing tonight. What happened? Oh, I never said I wasn't. I just I said I'd let you know. <laughs> okay, well, welcome. We have Jonathan with us right now. Paul's in the studio. He has a press number one. But, Trey, I don't know how surprised, and we're going to break all of these down, but tell me how surprised you are at initially seeing the the bracket come out. Well, I mean, I think when you, I guess two things. The seeds themselves surprised me. Uh, but the teams really didn't. Um, I think the last four in were, were legitimate. Lastly, four. Uh, the only team that I looked at that was possibly snub was SMU. Um, but mm-hmm. it didn't have the out of conference really and the, the signature win that you'd want. So I had no problem with who got in. Uh, some of the seeding just absolutely astonished me. Well, the, the the one that surprised me, guys, and tell me if you agree, Louisville. Is a four seed when I had him projected as a one, two at worst, two at worst, Jonathan. But Louisville comes in as number four, and you got to feel bad for Wichita State. I mean, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan in that bracket, Duke, I believe. I mean, it's loaded. Yeah, yeah the, mid- the Midwest bracket is stacked. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that we can see with a Wichita State run. I mean, this is probably a. I mean, this is a better team than we saw last year in the Final Four, and their road is just murderous. I mean, I, I just can't believe the committee put all these teams uh, in the field the way they did for for the Midwest. And then, I mean, Louisville a four. I mean, geez, I mean, they they really did Wichita State no favors. It's like they really didn't even want to put them up there. I mean, it really it really was a terrible a terrible one through five in that in that, in that bracket. 
Well, Jonathan, I'm eyeing a game right now, and Kentucky still has to beat Kansas State. Kentucky's an eight seed. I thought they would be a five, six seed at worst. They're an eight. So if you're Wichita State and you're, you get past that first round, which you will, just imagine having to play Kentucky in the second round with all the athletes. And it, it looks like Kentucky's starting to, to play a lot better basketball. I know they lost today by a point to Florida, but could it be Kentucky's turning it around? And if I'm Wichita State, I'm scared right now. Wichita State, I'm not nervous about Kentucky. Um, I, Wichita State's got the, the veteran side of it. I think that can beat Kentucky. How we... How Florida beat Kentucky today was that was you know they've been there and done it before and I think Wichita State has that same advantage over Kentucky this win and, and I think you know like Trey said murderous well I mean how does Louisville get a four seed and Kansas get a two how does Creighton get a three over Louisville and, and, but it sets up a great rematch possibly in the Sweet Sixteen between Wichita State and Louisville last year a Final Four game that you know was a great game yet they get to play each other you know they have the chance to play each other again in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, this Midwest bracket is set up to play. You know, we're going to see some amazing games. But, I mean, the committee, what were you thinking with these seedings? I know, and, and I will start off first talking about the conference tournaments. I know they're they're done, but I still want to talk about them, Trey, and the value the committee, you know, puts on these. You see Virginia won the ACC regular season, won the ACC tournament. They get the number one seed. And you know what, Trey, I don't have a problem with Virginia as a one because, they won the regular season and the conference tournament. The ACC is pretty stacked. I mean, they have some real good teams in it. So how important was it today that Virginia went out and took care of business? I mean, where would Virginia be right now had they not be beaten Duke? Well, Tarvin, I mean, Virginia would be obviously not a number one seed. I, th- I think their win, their number one seed was, was crucial. Uh, they had to actually win today against Duke. I think they would have maybe even fallen based on the seeding. Who knows where they were to fall? I mean, if Louisville was a four, if Virginia doesn't win the tournament, I mean, I don't know where they are. But uh, I mean, they, I think it's deserved. I mean, you have the ACC regular and and tournament champion. I mean, that's a one seed. Jonathan, you had Louisville come out and just roll through their tournament. I mean, they just steamroll through it. No game was ever in doubt. They beat Rutgers by sixty. They turned around and and smoke the next two games. So if you're Louisville right here, are, are you going to be with a, are you going to have a chip on your shoulder? Because Rick Pitino was interviewed before, you know, talking about he wouldn't get into being a number one seed, but you could tell the look on his face that he thought he deserved to be a number one seed. How does this Louisville team take it now with a four seed? Well, the last thing I think you want to do is irritate the defending national champs. And the NCAA slapped him in the face and said, you know what, we don't think you can do it. And that's, that's, that sets up Louisville, I think, for what's going to be an amazing run, considering that they're looking at Duke, who's, you know, got three more losses, and then Michigan's got three more losses, and seated higher than them in the same bracket. Louisville's going to have a huge chip on their shoulder. This is going to be something to witness what they're going to do this year. And, Trey, you know, I watched the Big Ten tournament this year, and I watched it close, very closely, and and I saw a Michigan State team and a very stacked conference, actually, just, you know, get healthy, and they they came and won the entire tournament. I mean, the Big Ten's by far the best, in my opinion, in basketball. I've watched it. I'll say it here. I've said it on Facebook, Trey, but Michigan State gets a four seed 
after winning the Big Ten in the fashion they did, there wasn't a close game. They they blew through everyone. So t- talk about Michigan State. I, I remember talking to you yesterday about it, Trey. I think Michigan State is that team that could easily make the Final Four and win the national championship. So why are they at a four? Well, I mean, they're at a four because they took a lot of losses without their guys who were healthy, including Payne. Uh, and so you kind of – I think you could put them at a three. I don't know if you could put them much higher even with the conference tournament win just because of the number of losses they had this year when they were hurt. Uh, but, I mean, you're right, Tarvin. I mean, number three, Iowa State, I think they're probably a little underlooked. People don't realize how good they are uh, winning the Big 12. And the Big 12, you know, as we talked about before, was, you know, the RPI's best conference. So, I mean, Iowa State, I mean, that's a tough matchup, too, and there's a three. I think Villanova is a team that I just don't think in, in that one. And I know we're not there, but we're talking about Michigan State's route to the, the Final Four. I mean, I think that Iowa State would be a tougher team than Villanova for them to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Villanova is a number two seed. I'm I'm just not buying them. And if you think back, I mean, when's the last time Villanova has been really relevant? I mean, they they quietly, Jonathan, made a I mean, had a good record this year. But I just don't think Villanova is that team that that's going to be the in the Elite Eight. They could possibly make the Sweet Sixteen, but I don't see them going any further than than the Sweet Sixteen. Do you? Um. No, I really don't. I think they're a Sweet 16 team. You know, the best way to beat Villanova and Creighton prove it this year was to just sit out, sit behind the three-point line and make your threes. They're going to give you open looks, take the shot. And, you know, I, I think that's, an, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Villanova, if they can't figure out how to defend that, which they've proven the whole year, they, they really, they're very inconsistent in bending the three. They look like a Sweet 16 team. Um, they don't remind me of, of an Elite 18. They don't make me think of one. I, this is the first time, though, I think I looked at Villanova and said they're a Sweet 16 team since, I don't know, oh, you know, oh six. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just that year, Trace. It feels weird. And when I, when I go look out at the matchups, I mean, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Virginia and Michigan State in that Sweet 16, guys. I'm I'm hoping to see Florida and, and, and UCLA, but I just don't think they'll get there. But there's there's some great games. And Tennessee, Trey, 11 seed, a play-in game, what does that say? I mean, if you're Tennessee out there and you're the SEC conference, and Tennessee played very well in the SEC tournament, they're very respected, to get a play-in game, what does that say, Trey? Well, I mean, it says how weak the SEC was this year. But I'll tell you about Tennessee – I mean, obviously, I think you could make an argument they should have been a little higher in seeding. I mean, they have a win against number one, uh, number one seed this year in Virginia. They split against Xavier, who also is in the play, the playing games against NC State. I thought Xavier should be in there as well uh, in the tournament. I mean, uh, so Tennessee, unfortunately, they had some terrible losses this year, Harvin, uh, and including some bad losses to SEC teams that were just really just very terrible. So, I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. In that case, what, what, they're, what they're saying is is that the SEC win didn't matter uh, as much. Now, I was a little surprised that the Virginia win didn't matter what it, what it, how much as it did. Yeah, Tennessee is a team that they do rely, Jonathan, on the inside game. Their, their shooting game struggles at times. They don't have that, that point guard that can really run it. They have a freshman, and, and it's kind of hard in a tournament like this for a freshman to come in and really take over. But Tennessee – is a team, Jonathan, would it, would it surprise you? I mean, would it shock you if Tennessee slipped into the Sweet 16 somehow? Uh, 
I mean, they would have to beat Iowa. They would have to beat UMass, who I don't know how they're a six seed. And then they'd have to beat Duke. I think they can beat Iowa and UMass. I don't know if they could beat Duke, but, I, you know, at this point, if Tennessee were to make it to the Sweet 16, that wouldn't stun me at all, to be honest. Um, they've played really well down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And, and the Florida Gators trade, the number one overall seed in the tournament, they've earned it. I know the SEC is weak, but, I mean, these guys are phenomenal. And I think the number one overall seed trade is because these guys made the Elite Eight last year. And I think the year before, right? So two years in a row, they made the Elite Eight, if I'm not mistaken. And here they are as seniors, what, three years in a row? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your calls are in the last two years, they didn't even play a single-digit seed in making it to the Elite Eight. So that was one of the knocks they have against uh, their run last couple years. They got the benefit of that 15-2 to upset. Um, So, I mean, Mm -hmm. but this team obviously deserves it. I mean, I think last couple years, I don't, I don't put too much into their Elite Eight runs because of the teams they had to face. But uh, this year, Tarvin, this is a team that's built built for this tournament. They are, but the issue I have with it is I thought the number one overall one seed should draw the weakest two seed. Am I, isn't that how it's supposed to be uh, drawn up, Jonathan? You, you would think, but... I mean, the, the way the NCAA is, you never know anymore what, what their plans are. Okay, well, Kansas is the number two seed, Trey, in that division, in that bracket, that region. That's tough. I think Kansas is probably the second best two seed, maybe the third. I don't know. Michigan's up there, Wisconsin. They're all good, but Villanova, to me, is the weakest two seed. I think Villanova should have changed places with uh, with Kansas out there. But, hey, I'm not making these brackets, but – I'm surprised at some of them, especially Wichita State's bracket, guys. You have St. Louis in here as well, Xavier and NC State in the playoff game. Usually you have two scrubs in a playoff game or a play-in game, but you have NC State from the ACC and Xavier, and then Louisville, UMass, like you said, Iowa, Tennessee. Do Trey, there's no, there's not many pushovers in this bracket. And I don't know what they were doing to Wichita State, man, but – that Midwest is probably one of the toughest regions I've ever seen, Trey, in bracket history. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of I'll agree with you. It's probably the toughest I've seen as well. I mean, and you know, yeah, I'll be honest. I think Florida's got an easy, easier bracket. I mean, I think they did they did pull the number one overall bracket. I mean, their three seed Syracuse is probably the weakest three, um, given the way they played mm-hmm. this year uh, down the stretch. And I think UCLA is a week four as well. I mean, they, they got hot in the tournament, but. I mean, you know, I think that went over Arizona a little bit with non-legitimate. Uh, so, you know, they're they're a streaky team, so they can get cold against Colton and be out of the game uh, before they even start. So, you know, Wichita State, Carvin, I, it, it just feels like they got punished for for going undefeated uh, by the tournament. I mean, I, I just mm-hmm. I just get the selection committee, and I'll be honest, I, I would have liked to have seen Florida actually play some competition for a change, but I don't think we're going to see it this year either. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If they're going to win it, he's going to have to probably beat Coach Calipari at Kentucky. He's going to have to beat Patino at Louisville. And then he's going to have to probably beat Krzyzewski or what's the guy's name at Michigan. I mean, these coaches, B-line. if you look at the – yeah, B-line. If you look at the coaches in this bracket, my God. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it's murderer's row here, guys. And, wow, if you come out of the Midwest, they ought to – if you're in the Final Four, they ought to give you an uh, automatic berth to the finals almost. I mean, that's, that's how tough it is. But 
you, you you talk about the South trade being weak in a way, but look at the West. I mean, to me, I think it's it's a cakewalk, really. I mean, you have Arizona, the one seed, which I, I don't think they should be a one seed. I don't think they'll be around too long. Oklahoma, five. San Diego State, a four. Baylor's your six. Creighton's your three. Oregon, hell, I think us, us guys could get a pickup game going and probably compete in this division, in this bracket, Trey. The West is is the weakest, in my opinion. Well, so I disagree for a couple of reasons. One, the nine is a strong nine. I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, with smart back, I mean, you have to figure out they lost a lot of their games this year with their best player who's going to be, what, a top five pick in the NBA draft uh, when he was suspended for, you know, punching some fans or whatever he went and did. Uh, and so they're, they could legitimately beat Arizona. I think Arizona's a very, very good team. Uh, but, you know, with smart, smart Oklahoma State, I mean, this is a team that's super dangerous, almost like, you know, I keep talking about the Kimball Walker year. I mean, that, you know, you're looking for a player who can take over this tournament, and smart's that guy at a nine seed. So mm-hmm. you know, if I had a nine seed that's going to make a Final Four run, part of it, it's Oklahoma State, uh, a la Wichita State right. last year. So I think they're pretty strong. Uh, I think I think you're right about Oklahoma. I think North Dakota State actually might win that game against Oklahoma. Uh, but you have to think yeah. about it, Carvin. Eleven, Nebraska. I mean, that's a pretty strong eleven, and I think they're pretty hot at the right time. They are. And I think they are. The, you know, the best player in the nation right now playing for them. So I like Wisconsin in this bracket, guys. I know they they lost yesterday, and you know I, I just think they could come out of it. But if you're Gonzaga right, Gonzaga right now, guys, at the eight seed, what I'm going to do is find that fan that. That smart push, and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy him a seat right beside my bench, right behind it. Then I'm gonna <laughs> let him. I'm gonna try to get in Smart's head, Jonathan. Do you think that would work? Uh, I don't think you can get him a second time. I don't know. You never know what he could say. Now, I mean, he got him pushed the first time. Imagine what he could come up with in that in that time off. You never know, but. I look yeah. at this, guys, and, and the Final Four is in Jerry's world this year, I believe. It's in Texas, so I don't know, guys. This is a this is a great bracket, but Florida, Trey, I mean, deserving of the number one overall seed. I want to talk about that SEC championship game, and we'll go to the Big Ten game. When you looked at, at Florida today, what, what did that – I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is should they – would it have been better if Florida would have lost today in a way just to get the monkey off their back? Because they've been winning some very close games. They've won, what, 25, 26 games in a row and maybe lost this game to enter the tournament, or do you think it was good that they won that game by one point? Well, I mean, it's good because they got the number one overall seed. I mean, I don't know what, what the tournament would have done with the number one overall seed had they lost because, I mean, you had Arizona, who legitimately could have argued for it, uh, but then coming off their championship loss, you know, now, I mean, you're really going to – are you going to have the one number one over all seed losing their conference tournament? And so, you know, I, I, for Florida, I think it's a very good benefit to win that game. I mean, that guy's flipping Kentucky, and, uh, you know, there goes there goes the number one overall seed for Florida. Well, Jonathan, it looks like with Florida to me, Kentucky, you know, they pulled it within one. They almost got it. But it, it seems like Florida is the kind of team that every time someone gets close and they feel threatened, they don't panic. They come out, they hit a couple of threes or get a turnover, and they put the game away. Today was different. They couldn't They couldn't do that at the end, and Kentucky was just one shot away from winning it. I don't know. I mean, are you more impressed with Florida today, or are you more impressed with Kentucky? I was more impressed with Kentucky today, to be honest with you. I saw a team full of freshmen, full of guys with 
barely any experience when it comes to the big stage. And they played as hard as they could. They showed some serious resolve. You know, being down uh, six late in the game, making a comeback to push it to one. I, you know, it, it, I was really impressed with the way Kentucky played. I came away looking at that going, wow, where's Kentucky going to be seated now? Teams uh, are going to get a little nervous about it because maybe Calipari's finally got these guys playing together. Florida, on the other hand, I looked at it and said, you give them a tough bracket, are they going to get out? I, I mean, are they going to be able to get out if you stick like Louisville, Duke, or Michigan in their bracket? I don't, I don't know if they can. Um, I mean, they got handed a gift from the committee, but even then, you know, Kansas could come and beat Florida in the Elite Eight, or you know, and I think that'll be the toughest challenge. This, you know, is is in the Elite Eight. I, I think they're almost a lock there, unfortunately, because they weren't really handed a tough bracket, and, I, and that plays to them because they can play these games close you know, all the way through the Sweet 16 and win them because the teams they're going up against aren't going to be as good as Kentucky. Exactly. And and I'm, I'm telling you, Trey, if you put Kentucky up in the West, I, I could see them making it out of there or coming close, maybe Elite Eight kind. But, but right now with Kentucky, you know, I, I really think they're starting to learn to play together and it's it's taken a long time, a lot longer than I thought. But you saw this weekend. It's a new season. Once the conference tournament started, it's a brand new season. These guys started playing with confidence, playing together, down 17 points today to Florida. They could have quit, and they didn't. They came back. But, Trey, it's a long road for Kentucky, even if they if they can get past that first round. Kansas State's no pushover. Just say they beat Wichita State, then you got to beat St. Louis or Louisville, and then you have to beat Duke or or Michigan, or somebody like that. It's it's just murderer's row for Kentucky. So, Trey, if you put Kentucky up in the West, how far do you think they would go being an eight seed? Uh, I don't think they'd get past Arizona. I mean, they're not a very good team. <laughs> I mean, I, I, still, I don't buy them in. You've been buying them since last year, Tarver, and I, I just haven't. Uh, I just don't see anything in this team that makes me think they're ready for a real tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they did well against Florida today, but they also, this is their third loss, and they should have known Florida by now, Tarver. I mean, you play somebody three times. The third time you play them, you should be close. I mean, if you're a pretty decent football, or excuse me, basketball team. So, uh, I, I just think Kentucky, you know, even getting down the way they were in that game was indic- sort of a indicative of, of how poor this team really really is still going. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if if they lose the first round to Kansas State, guys. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all, and it wouldn't surprise me if they get past Wichita State and move to Indianapolis. I mean, anything can happen right now. But if I'm looking at this entire bracket and I'm looking at those teams that I'm just telling you, the teams I do not want to play right now, Florida, don't want to play them. They have every ingredient to to win it all. I do not want to play Michigan State. I'm telling you guys, these guys will be in the final four. I don't care what anybody says. They're that good. I don't want to play Louisville. There's no way I want to go out there and, and play against these guys with Rick Pitino and the, and the way they're playing of late. They play very ferocious defense. And I think if you look at the, the better teams in this bracket, it's all defense. And Trey, Virginia, we talked about them with the one seed. They play solid defense. And that's why I'm, I'm very proud they got a number one seed. I'm not going to sit here and argue about them being a the number one seed because they deserve it. But if you can play defense like this and play fundamentally sound, you can you can make it out of these brackets, man. I'm telling you. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, there is something about Virginia, though, that that makes me not believe in them for the tournament. I I don't know why that is. I mean, they certainly have played good this year. 
they just don't have that one guy on the team that I just feel comfortable taking their shot at the end of the game. And I think that's what it is about Virginia that I feel is missing in the tournament. Uh, you're right, defensively they're fine, but I mean, I've seen great defensive teams who are missing the score or not do well. And Wisconsin's always been a great defensive team. Uh, what, what changes this year for them is they have a score. They can actually score this year versus the, you know, the 15 to 14 games they usually run year in and year out. Uh, so yeah, I think that's what is missing for Virginia this year, Tarvin. And I, th- I think that's what I think is going to eventually eliminate them. Well, Jonathan, the Carolina Tar Heels with that six seed. You know, I, I said they'd be one and done in the NCAA tournament. What I meant to say, they'd be one and done in the ACC tournament is what I should have said. But what do you think about that matchup in the first round with North Carolina playing Providence? I mean, is Providence a team that could come in and give North Carolina trouble and boot them out? I mean, this game's in Texas, so I, think, I don't think it's going to matter the location really. But your thoughts on that first round game? If UAB can beat North Carolina, Providence can beat North Carolina. And that was the one thing about North Carolina I was nervous about. Where Who are you going to put them up against? Where are you going to set them? Providence just won the Big East. Now, I know it's not the Big East. Oh, we're not talking about Syracuse and, you know, uh, and Georgetown on top. We're not talking about Louisville and Cincinnati. It's still the Big East. Let's not get that twisted. All right, the fact that Providence won the Big East impresses me. And I, I will say that they're the reason why SMU is not in the tournament. Because if Providence doesn't win that, there's no way they get it. North Carolina, I think, should beat them. I think Marcus Cage will do enough to get them there. But that'll be it. There's no way they're beating Iowa State. They better start playing that their brothers are, you know, North Carolina Central. You know, it's a brother university. It's, you know, it's the same state, you know. It's just like North Carolina and Duke in the same bracket. North Carolina wants Duke to beat everybody because they want Duke. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, family thing. But they better start playing North Carolina Central beat to Iowa State because there's no way they're going to beat them. No way possible I think North Carolina can beat Iowa State. They are not a sweet 16 team. They do not impress me. They just cannot figure it out altogether. I don't think Roy Williams is the problem, though. And, I, you know, I don't want people saying, well, Roy Williams needs to get fired. He's still a really good coach. They need to figure out recruiting right now because it seems like they're recruiting these guys thinking they're going to run a certain system, and these guys show up, and they completely forget what they're about to do. And, you know, losing Harrison did not help this year. I think Harrison would have made this team a much, much better team. Yeah, that's a good point. And, Trey, I don't know what Digger Phelps is smoking right now on ESPN, but he's projecting Oklahoma State in the Final Four, Florida-Michigan State. I mean, with Oklahoma State playing Michigan State in the championship, is Digger Phelps on something strong tonight? Because I don't think Oklahoma State is going to make it past the first round properly. Mm. I'm telling you, man, Marcus Smart did not sleep on this kid. I think they'll definitely be Gonzaga. They'll, they'll destroy Gonzaga. This is not the Gonzaga of old. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State will, will thump them in the first round. And it's really going to come down to if Smart can put up, you know, one of his gem of a game. And Oklahoma State, I'm telling you, they're a solid defensive team. They may be able to get past Arizona. And Tarvin, if they get past Arizona, they're in the Final Four, I think. But even with Wisconsin, Wisconsin down there is the team in this bracket that I'm looking at, Trey. That's strong words. And I know the West is weak. Don't get me wrong. And they they could get past Gonzaga. They're not the ones of old, but I'm not so sure about that. But beating Arizona, I mean, you still have to beat Wisconsin, a possible Baylor team that's hot right now, Nebraska, like you said, Creighton. I don't know why they're a three-feed, but come on. 
but now Oklahoma State, Jonathan, I don't think can make it. I just don't think they can beat Arizona right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, it's funny because whenever Arizona is a one or a two seed, they seem to bomb out really early. You know, Arizona's <laughs> yeah. best years in the tournament were when they were a four seed. Um, and, you know, that's why, you know, just like Marcus Smart can pull off the Kemba Walker effect. But I'm going to be honest with you. I really can't wait to see Creighton play Wisconsin. I really want to see McDermott against Comiskey. I would love, love to see McDermott against Marcus Smart. No, they don't play the same position. They won't guard each other like McDermott and uh, Comiskey will. But who can score? Who is going to take over the game and, I mean, really take it over? Marcus Smart, McDermott, Comiskey. I mean, oh, that. This bracket has three teams that rely on one player, and it's absolutely phenomenal for me. And Arizona has a complete team, if you look at it, you know, with Nico Johnson and Gordon and all them. But there's just something about them. When I look at Arizona, it's like I, I don't know if they will be Oklahoma State. I am not sure of that. I think bigger folks might have something going there. And, you know, Oklahoma State could easily be an Elite Eight team, no doubt in my mind. Um, final four is he really expecting Marcus Smart to go all, to really pull a Kemba Walker on us? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if, if Marcus can do that night in, night out. But I, anything's possible. You get hot, you get hot. And, Trey, this, this bracket, tell me if I'm crazy. I mean, we could have three Big Ten teams in the Final Four this year. And when I say that, I mean Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan. It wouldn't surprise oh. me at all, Trey, if those three were in the Final Four, would it you? No, Carmen, it actually wouldn't. And you know, I'll tell you, there's other, I mean, the Big Ten is so deep. And then I think you even got to keep your eye on Ohio State out in the south. I mean, they got to get past yeah. a good Dayton team uh, who really actually wants to beat them. I think that Dayton is probably the toughest first-round matchup Ohio State could ask for because Dayton has been trying to schedule Ohio State, and they didn't duck at them. So, I mean, Dayton may take them back in the alleyway, and you might not see Ohio State again. But if they can come out of that game, you know, Syracuse, you know, as cold as they've been, and Ohio State might get on a run, and we've seen what they can do in the tournament. Yeah. So, uh, with you know, Kraft is a really good point guard. So, you know, I mean, you're right, Tarvin. The Big Ten could really represent this year uh, more so than any conference, even though the Big 12 has got more. I just think that the Big Ten has got so many really solid teams who tested themselves. And you're right about Wisconsin, too. I mean, I'm not saying Wisconsin isn't a good team, but I, I think you're discounting Creighton a little bit. McDermott, the player of the year, the loss. You know, if anybody can get hot on on Wisconsin, it's going to be Creighton. Yeah, but Wisconsin is that team. And, and I asked Jonathan yesterday, I sent him a message. I said, Jonathan, Michigan State or Wisconsin? And luckily, I picked Michigan State, but he said Wisconsin. But I was watching that game, and I don't care how big the lead got for Michigan State, I never felt safe because of Wisconsin. Now, these guys have seven, a seven-footer out there. They can nail threes, and they play so fundamentally sound. I mean, they score. That's the difference this day and age with Wisconsin. Back then, they used to grind you out and just play defense and hold you in the 40s mm-hmm. and hopefully win. Now, Jonathan, this Wisconsin team can light it up, and that's why I fear them so much in this western bracket here in the region because I don't see a team that if Wisconsin's on that day can beat them. I don't care if it's Arizona. I don't think Arizona can shoot the ball well enough to beat Wisconsin, Jonathan. That's why I like them to come out of this this bracket right here in the West. Well, and I, I think – right, and I think Wisconsin can. There's no doubt in my mind I think they can. You know, like Tristan, you cannot discount crazy. McDermott and Raggy, 
those guys can go off. Just as Villanova, what happens when you leave either one of them open at a three-point line, <laughs> especially Ethan Raggy. I mean, that boy, oh, my goodness, he went, what, 8 for 11 against Villanova? He just sat back and said, I got this, I got this. And McDermott's kind of like, you know what, I'm going to bump my assist total tonight. I mean, those guys could alone combine for 50, 60 points. You know, that's what we can't forget. That could be one of the highest scoring games of the tournament right there. You know, while I'm talking, like, we could see an NBA 91-88 score, and, you know, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if it had happened. That's going to be a great game. I, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm pumped with this, this tournament right now, guys. I'm more excited about this one than I have been in a long time. But, hey, Paul brought my attention to something, guys. We're forgetting. I mean, I know it's not very special, but the NIT opening round, Florida State, congratulations, making the NIT, playing Florida Gulf Coast in the first round, Trey. What are your thoughts? Are you excited about your Seminoles representing? <laughs> Well, I hope it'll be on TV. That should be an entertaining game. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think it will. But uh, going back to the the tournament, I just I do want to say, uh, you know, of all the player on player matchups, tell me that there's not a player on player matchup. I'm not talking about teams. I'm just two guys going at it, like Jonathan said. That you wouldn't rather see in the Elite Eight than Marcus Smart and McDermott going at it, trying to you know top the, you know who gets to forty first. Oh, that would be awesome. That that would be amazing. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. But you, I'm just I'm just talking about Wisconsin guys. Is these guys are coached? Bo Ryan's one of the best coaches in America. He's probably Jonathan, the mm-hmm. most underrated coach out of all the ones in this tournament right now. I'm telling right you, far. nobody nobody right talks far. about him. Nobody gives him the credit. But all he does is win basketball games. And you know. Not to be a race thing, but you look at the starting lineup of Wisconsin, four of the five guys are white. You don't see that much in basketball with success anymore. But <laughs> Wisconsin is one of those teams that just shoot your eyes out. Man, they play so fundamentally sound defense. If Michigan State hadn't been as hot as they were, they would be the Big Ten champions right now. And I just think people overlook them. They just think, oh, that's Wisconsin. Oh, they're, they're just a defensive team. They can't score. But this is the difference. How would you like to see Trey Wisconsin and Creighton battling it out? Oh, gosh. I'm salivating. I think Creighton and Wisconsin battle it out. I mean, I, obviously, I think they're both their second, their next round matchups are going to be tough. I mean, you know, Creighton, if they get past, uh, you know, Lafayette, which I think they will. You know, Baylor and Nebraska aren't really a favor playing them as hot as Baylor and Nebraska you know, have been down the stretch. And then, you know, Wisconsin, they will get past American pretty easy. You know, BYU isn't going to be Oregon. BYU is the one team in the tournament who I think no. if you mark up and put SMU there, I think we would all sleep just fine at night. But, um, well, Baylor, you know, Baylor's a sleeper, Trey, in the West. Baylor, mm-hmm. to me, is a yeah. sleeper right there in the West. They could they could go out to the Elite Eight. These guys can play basketball. I think they're a very underrated team as well. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not just telling that at all. And they came up with their own jerseys for the Big Twelve tournament. So, um, but you know, <laughs> their their route's a little easier to get there than Creighton because of that Baylor Nebraska matchup uh, that they're going to have to face the winner of. You know, in Wisconsin, just has to get past really Oregon. I don't think BYU is going to beat Oregon, but no Oregon, you know, isn't going to really pose a challenge. I don't think to Wisconsin. So it's going to be uh, hopefully a matchup of Wisconsin Creighton. Well, Jonathan Lacey in the chat room said she's not giving Florida much credit. She's not sold on them because Auburn almost beat them. How much stock do you put in Auburn almost beating Florida if you were worried about them in this tournament here? 
um, I won't. I am gonna say almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Florida still won that game. Um, but I mean, Florida's got such an easy, easy path right now to get to the Elite Eight that you know you can buy into them or not. I don't think it matters much. You're gonna have to deal with them no matter what. I don't know if they will win it all. You're talking about a team with four seniors, four good seniors, and, a, and they have depths in their bench. I mean, this is a good Florida team with a good head coach. They've been the, these four seniors have been the three straight Elite Eight. Let's not discredit that. Oh, well, you know, they played a 10 seed and a 12 seed. It doesn't matter. It's still three straight Elite yeah. Eight. That's something to be impressed by. Okay. Can they make that next step to the Final Four? I, I would like to believe so. It, it hurts to say that because they're, you know, my rival, but I'd like to believe they can. I think the Gators are a good team. You don't go on a winning streak like they have and completely dominate a conference like they have without being a good team. And, and that's just a fact of life. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something. I don't want y'all to laugh me off this show when I say this, but I think a team that could give them problems, the 12 seed Stephen F. Austin guys, they're not familiar with them. Mm-hmm. I think they could get past PCU. Mm-hmm. I think they could be the UCLA team if they had to play them to play Florida in the Sweet 16 tray. That could be a team that could really maybe make Florida a little uncomfortable. They haven't seen them much, but Billy Donovan would have a, a week to prepare. That's one thing. But that game could be interesting. Am I crazy for saying that? No, no I mean, I think the 12 seed, you know, they're 31-2 and two this year. I mean, the band haven't played anybody, but they're pretty good. But, Tarvin, I'll tell you this. I, I, if, if Pitt gets past Colorado, I'm telling you, yep. Pitt could give a lot of challenges. <laughs> Yeah, they're physical. They're physical, guys. They're a very physical basketball team. Is that why you're saying that, Trey? Yeah, I mean, Pitt is just one of those sneaky good teams that if they happen to shoot that night, they're going to beat them up down low, man. I'm just telling you, they can beat Florida up down low. Well, that's big words from our co from our uh, co host Trey Patterson there, Jonathan. And you know when I saw this, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought the same thing that Trey just said when I saw that matchup. And granted, they have to beat Colorado, of course, a nine versus eight. But I mean, no, nobody's safe. If you look at this bracket, if you look over all of it, tell me besides the first round matchup, one sixteen, what number one team is safe out there? After that first week or that first game, Jonathan, I, I just look at it and I don't, I just don't see that you can sleep on anybody once you get past that sixteen matchup. I think Virginia won't have a problem with either Memphis or George Washington. I don't think either one of those teams can hang with uh, Virginia, but I think that's what I want. I mean, you're right. Florida could have a tough time with Colorado or Pitt, and imagine if Colorado was fully healthy. That's the thing people forget yeah. is that they're missing their best player, Spencer Dimble. If they had him, oh, oh, good golly gracious! Um, but don't I guess Oklahoma State was trusted against you know, let's say Kentucky. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, I'd be nervous about those games too, to be honest with you. I think Virginia's the only one where you're like, Sweet Sixteen locked. I think we're okay with that one. All the other one is like, mm, are you this year's Kansas? Are you gonna lose to Northern Iowa? Are you gonna pull down Zag and lose Wichita State? I mean. Who are you going to be this year? So it's it, it, it's definitely great. But, I mean, if Kansas is going to get to the Sweet 16, there's a question that I have for you. New Mexico is the seventh seed in, the, in, in this south bracket. Can Kansas actually get by New Mexico? I don't know if they can. New Mexico could wind up being the final four representative of the south bracket. Think about that. 
They could. I mean, I mean that, that would not. I mean, it would surprise me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. But hey, I just don't think they'll beat. I don't think New Mexico will beat Stanford, Trey. But but I want to talk about Iowa a minute, Trey. They got into this tournament, and they got into it for one reason. And people out there that discount conference strength and and the Big Ten, how strong it was, Trey. Iowa got the benefit of the doubt because they played in a tough conference. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it, yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't buy into New Mexico either, Tarvin. Uh, I, I bought into them once before when they were a 2C. <laughs> I think New Mexico is, is trash to me. Well, a team that, that people aren't talking about much right now, San Diego State, Jonathan. What are they, a 5C? Mm-hmm. Four in the, in the West? A 4C. Okay, they're a 4 seed in the West right here. I'm sorry, I lost my place on my bracket. I can't find them. Okay. They're playing the the 13 seed. What's Fisher? Do you think he he has a chance to get in there, make it that Sweet 16 matchup possibly, and upset say Arizona and make it? I mean, this is a San Diego State team that they have a very good team. I mean, they they can score, they can play defense, and the main thing to me is they're well coached. They have a coach that's been there and done that before. Is San Diego State a sleeper, even though they're a four seed? Are they a sleeper to to make it to the Sweet 16? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course they are. And when you have Steve Fisher as a head coach, he's a good head coach. He's done it before with Michigan. Um, are they going to beat New Mexico State, though? That's the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, all I can think about, guys, is who's going to win that billion dollars and have the perfect bracket trade? Will it be done okay. this year? And if, and if so, will no. it be me? No, it's not going to be done. Why I'm can't it be it. done? I'm not saying it can't. Everything's possible, but it's not going to. I'm going to predict this year that that they'll be going into the – after the Elite Eight, there will be probably six or seven perfect brackets out there. And that's going to make for some interesting discussions, guys. I mean, a lot of brackets. Imagine now – you know, a million people are more than that. You know, millions and millions of people fill out a bracket normally. Imagine now when this billion-dollar prize is out, Jonathan. I mean, how many people are going to fill out a bracket this year? And, you know, you can fill out as many as you want as well. So if you have time, can't you submit as many as you want to? Or do you only get one bracket? Oh, I don't you know. only get one bracket. You no, do? One. Well, how, how do you yeah. do it? I mean, if I... I do a bracket on ESPN. I do one on CBS. And say I hit the one on ESPN. That you have to fill it out on Yahoo. Oh, you do? Okay, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yep, you have to fill your bracket out on Yahoo. Um, And, yeah, they originally were like, we're only going to limit it to, like, a 1,000 people and Everybody goes, no, you're not. You you can't do that. So I, I'm willing to bet over 100 million people are going to fill out a bracket and put it in. No doubt. I mean, there's three, there's over 365 million in the U.S. I'm going to say over 100 million fill one out. I mean, why not? It's well, free. Take it, a shot. Yeah. Well, what if what if, what if 10 people win it? That'd be crazy. If 10 10 people in the world had that's 10 billion dollars being paid out. But I was going to tell everybody on Way in Sports. We have our bracket challenge set up. Please come in there and, and compete with us. It's only a $1,500 entry fee per bracket, so don't don't fill out two unless you have $3,000. But, Trey, are you in? Oh, yeah, I'll be in, buddy. No, no doubt about it. 
fifteen hundred dollars. You got it. Uh, well, you're you're going to cover that for me. <laughs> nah, it's, it's a it's a free bracket for everybody out there. Just come on. You can come to Facebook and and log in. It's, a lot of you out there listening are on that page. So go fill it out. Compete with us, Jonathan. I have a feeling that that you're gonna you're gonna finish behind the king right here. And I'm talking when I say king, I mean me. Yeah, you know, you can keep wishing, but I got my crystal ball this year. It's been very good to me lately. So, you know, I mean, if you if you want to look into it, I'll, I'll maybe let you see the first round, but the crystal ball is down in my perfect bracket. Well, if, if, if a 16 seed can win this year, man, I could have a perfect bracket. So I'm, I may pick a 16 seed, guys, to upset the one, but I want to get off the tournament just a second and get y'all's opinion on the coach that – that could be hired by Auburn, Bruce Pearl, Trey. The rumor is, and this is rumor, that, that they're the he's the lead candidate for the job. They're in discussions. It could come any day now that he accepts the position at Auburn. What do you think about Auburn taking a, a chance on a Bruce Pearl? Well, I think for basketball, it's fine. I mean, you're going to get more wins than you had before. But I guess here's my question to you, Tarvin. I mean, uh, a program that, that in Auburn had a guy who was saving points, and you have a, a coach who was punished by one of his best friends for basically, you know, running a, a corrupt program. I mean, is that really a good fit when he comes comes into Auburn? Hold on, corrupt program. How does Auburn he Oprah? run a corrupt? How, how does he run a corrupt program? Well, it, right now, Tarvin, last year or this year, could he have coached college basketball, or is he suspended because he? Valley he lied about a barbecue. He he lied about a barbecue, and the, and there's no difference. And 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 here's the deal about the Auburn point shaving guy. The difference is, he got caught. But there's not a team out there, guys, in college basketball that doesn't shave points. And I'm I'm here to tell you that. I can promise you that most every game is shaving points. You see, I'm looking up at the scoreboard. It's not just to see who's winning. It's to see how much am I winning by and how much I need to let that team score, Jonathan. So how many how many teams point shave? That's a question. That's a million-dollar question, Jonathan. Well, you know Florida State doesn't shave points. Uh, you know, they can't afford yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> but Auburn's terrible I mean, basketball. Auburn is terrible, so shaving points, I mean – I find it kind of odd them shaving points when they can't even win to begin with last year. Well, I mean, Syracuse might have shaved a couple points this year. Yeah. Trey, do you you believe that a lot of teams out there are shaving points? I don't believe it's a lot. I believe it happens, but I don't think it's, like, anywhere near 20%. It's below 20%. I mean, I think you have players who take the the money for sure who get the – um, you know, get that, you know, that in their system, and they want to do something like that. Yeah, I think it happens, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's every well, school. Well, I'll tell you this, Jonathan. When I watch basketball, and I see some of these games where the the point spreads three and a half or something, and it happens every every night on something. You'll watch a game, and you'll be like, "How does Vegas know these these points?" And the team can be up by twenty, and they'll be favored three and a half, and all of a sudden they win by three. I mean, how many times has that happened, Jonathan? You you bet on basketball a lot. Tell me how many times you've seen that happen. Oh, many, many times. And it's frustrating every time. You're like, oh, I got this. You know, they're up by 20. There's, you know, eight minutes left. The spread's three and a half. Well, this is a lock. You turn off the game. 
you check the scores later that night. You're like, whoa, 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 wait. What do you mean to tell me they won by two? What do you mean <laughs> to tell me they missed their last 14 free throws? How do you miss 14 free throws? I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I have an inside source um, at, a, at a couple programs, and I know there's one Big 12 program out there whose basketball team does bet on games, does bet on basketball games. I can tell you that right now there's a Big 12 team that does bet on their own team games. They did shave some points, and they are in the tournament this year. Baylor. Am no. I right? Nope. Kansas. No, why would Kansas chase points? There's too much scrutiny on them. Yeah, well, who is it? Iowa State? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Third time well, I'm, I'm, I'm running. Yeah, I'm running out of chances here. So what do you guys think about Wednesday night that, that we go through every game? And what we'll do is let people in the chat room pick who they want to pick, and we'll go over uh, who they pick. Trey, what do you think? Me, you, Jonathan, Wednesday night, we go through this entire bracket, and we release our our championship, our final four. Let's do it, buddy. I can do it. Is that enough time for you, King Trey, or do you need till game time on Thursday? No, I'm not a tinker. That's you, buddy. Okay. I was just, I was just making sure. And I, I know Trey will put about 12 brackets in there if he can. So watch him, Jonathan. He's, he's slick. <laughs> yeah, I might put 20. So I want to talk about, real quick, NFL free agency. We can't. We cannot do a show on way in sports talk without talking football. What do you think? I mean, it, it just wouldn't be the same if we didn't talk some football. But Steve Smith, Jonathan, leaving Carolina to go to Baltimore, I think this was a good move by Carolina. What do you think? Well, and here's the funny thing was, after they released Steve Smith, Carolina had no receivers, and I mean strictly wide receivers. None of their wide receivers had made a reception last season. So you're looking at it going, well, who's going to catch passes next year? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a bad deal by Carolina to let him go, especially if you couldn't get anything really in return for him. Uh, he's he's kind of run his course. He got nicked up last year. He's lost some of that speed. He's not exactly the guy you're like, well, go up and get it. I mean, he's five foot nine. Let's face it. Um, I, you know, I I just don't know if it's a good move for Cam because he trusts Steve Smith. You know, that was his go-to guy, and now you're leaving Cam with a bunch of guys he really hasn't worked with. And that's the unfortunate reality is that now that Smith and LaFell are gone. Who's he working with other than Greg Olson? Yeah, that's not too good. Trey, I'm, I'm hoping Carolina finds someone in the draft, a couple of great receivers. Maybe they get someone else. They trade and get somebody. What do you think about Steve Smith leaving? I think sometimes Steve Smith can actually hold this team back. I think sometimes he's a little too loud. I think he's a little too much in-your-face kind of guy. What do you think? Well, I mean, I remember Steve Smith was the guy who kind of helped Cam together at times as well when Cam was breaking down oh, yeah. on the sideline mm-hmm. complaining. And it was Steve Smith who would grab him by the face mask because he had that veteran leadership. I mean, yeah, Steve Smith is sometimes just as, as caustic as Cam was, but at least he had the ability to control Cam Newton when Cam Newton was the one doing it. Now, who controlled Steve Smith? I don't know if anybody did, but I, I think that's what you're going to miss next year 
um, is this is not going to be Steve Smith being able to control Newton and have that leadership there. They're going to look to Newton now, and, and, and it's going to be on him. So when he breaks down, you know, after a play, the entire offense is going to break down. Now, I think they'll go after somebody in the draft, and there's a lot of receivers in this draft, but is it going to be enough for Newton to to really have a, another great year? I don't know, Tarvin. I mean, your rookie receivers don't historically have 1,000-yard you know, years, uh, and, and the guy well, in the roster convinced him. Yeah. Well, James Jones for Green Bay said – Said he wants to play with Cam. He would love it. And also, I know 31-year-old Pittsburgh Steeler Jericho Cotri, Jonathan. But what what's funny is Hakeem Nix visited Carolina, and they were talking. We thought that was a done deal, and then the coach or the GM told him he'd be a better fit at Indianapolis. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, would you tell another receiver he should go to another team? It's kind of odd. That is weird, and. I guess if you're doing the whole, well, I'm just trying to be honest and be good for the players, then yeah, but that doesn't help you win games. Um, I think Hakeem Nix would have been a good fit with Cam if he could stay healthy and, and help some of these receivers, especially the rookie one they're going to grab, you know, probably somebody like a Kelvin Benjamin or a Jordan Matthews, um, who, can, you know, he's going to help teach him the ropes. But I, I just I don't understand Carolina's GM right now and, you know, Carolina has their own problem of their own by the name of Greg Hardy. What are they going to do with him? I mean, he's franchised, but I think they'll be able to get him a long-term deal, and if they can, is Greg Hardy going to be Greg Hardy, or is he going to go back to uh, the Greg Hardy we saw at Ole Miss, you know, uh, against his junior and senior year, where he kind of went from being, oh, well, this guy's going to be a first-round pick to who the hell is this guy? I mean, what's he about is, you know, it's very, very, very confusing uh, what Carolina is trying to assemble there. And, and, you know, this Trey said it, you know, Steve Smith's the one that calmed Cam Newton down. He was the one that kind of led the team in a way, and maybe they got rid of Steve Smith, Trey, so Cam could be the leader, the the bona fide leader of that team. But a team that's so close to, to maybe playing for the NFC championship game, and 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 you get rid of all of their receivers that that caught the ball last year. That that is that is very odd and strange, Trey. And I, I'm not getting it unless they know something we don't know. Maybe there's someone in the draft. Maybe they could trade up and get Sammy Watkins, Trey. I think that would be a great fit. Well, I don't think they're gonna. Be, well, maybe. I mean, I guess they might have the pieces. Uh, there's a good chance they they get uh, one of the best receivers in the draft. I mean, because there's gonna be a lot of good ones out there. I mean. In the late first round, there's going to be guys like Kelvin Benjamin who could be uh, phenomenal in the NFL. I think James Jones, if he signs with with Carolina, would be a good a good fit. Uh, but like Jericho Cotri, who's like the 21st best receiver in the gradient pool, isn't going to help you. Uh, but James <laughs> Jones would be would be it would be good. I mean, the guy is still young. Uh, he's 30. Um, you know, he's youngish, I guess. Uh, but he's certainly not Steve Smith, 34, which you know, four years as an attorney in the NFL, so. James Jones is well, brother Brandon LaFell. That's it. I, I don't know why there's so much, uh, you know, why, why why there's so much positivity about him. He disappeared at times in Green Bay. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they would they, they're they're going and getting guys like Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson and, fo- and teams are focusing on them because James Jones would just vanish. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to be able to do, but I am worried a little bit, guys. I'd be, I'd be delusional if I, if I sat over here and said, hey, 
no worries. They'll they'll do something until it happens, and I can see them. Just because you draft well doesn't mean that it's going to happen. You have to get on that field and 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 gain experience, especially in the NFL. But Jonathan, who's that team out there that that you think's done the best in free agency? You know, Denver's obviously done a fantastic job with T.J. Ward, with Demarcus Ware, with Akeem Tlaib, and not, you know, overpaying for Eric Decker. But I got to go, and this is going to sound real homerish, but I got to go with the Bucks. I think they, you know, mm-hmm. going and getting Anthony Collins, who technically was the most efficient left tackle in pro football last year, going and getting Michael Johnson, so we have a defensive end who can get upfield, who can help stop the run. Uh, you know, getting Altuan Werner, who it, it reminds me a lot of a uh, young Rondé Barber. Um, er, you know, Evan Dietrich Smith, the center from the Packers, who can play center and guard. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a hard time going against my Bucks right now. I think they've had a fantastic bridge. I've been really impressed with what they're doing. You know, getting Josh McCown was huge. And, and, you know, he's going to be our starter from day one. I mean, this is going to be a totally new-look Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, team, uh, uniforms and all. And, you know, I'm really impressed with what we've done. I think we've built on what already was it's somewhat of a good foundation with a real good running back core, some good receivers, Vincent Jackson, Vincent Jackson and Mike Williams, uh, you know, Gerald McCoy on defense, Levante David, uh, you know, Mark Marin, uh, Deshaun Golson. I think this Bucks team, I'm not saying they're going to break out and win 10, 12 games next year, but I think – for the first time in a while, we can at least get somewhere near eight wins, and that'll be a huge improvement. Yeah. Trey, what do you think about Tampa Bay? Well, I mean, I think they've improved, but, I mean, they're not the best overall. I mean, right now it's hard to say it's not Denver. I keep to leave, you know, DeMarcus Ware. Uh, and then I think Decker getting rid of him is mean, a huge, actually, win as well. And Manuel Sanders is, a, I think, a better receiver than Decker. I know Decker's had better numbers, but I mean it's easy when Peyton Manning growing to you and you have you know, you have Demarius Thomas protecting you. Uh so I, I think Decker is gonna be a bust. Uh I think you're gonna see Emmanuel Sanders put up a thousand yards next year and people are just like, Oh my gosh, you know, what a great move. Well, yeah. let's not discount New England. You never discount New England. <laughs> I mean, they get Revis for one year, twelve million. Um, you know, and you know, I know the contract's bigger, but in all reality, it's a one-year, $12 million deal. They bring back Edelman. You know, you, you replace Tlaib with Revis, which is an upgrade. I don't care what anybody wants to say. You know, I mean, you never discount New England, but they've been quietly good in free agency, and that bothers me with them. Well, I mean, people want to play. I mean, it's like they have so much respect from the players, the other coaches in the NFL trade that, that people want to come play in a system that it's just straight to the point. They don't bull crap you. They don't lie to you. They want you to play your position. They don't give you a big deal. If you're, if you're getting a big deal, you have to be Tom Brady's favorite. But, Trey, what is it about New England that these guys will sign short-term deals for not much money just to come and play? A lot of teams, a lot of players won't do that. Yeah, it's about winning, and I think Brandon Browner's signing was probably just as significant as Darrell Revis. I mean, that secondary is, is very much improved against the division that New England plays in, which really isn't that much improved. So, yeah, New England's right up there with Denver. I, I was picking one, Jonathan. That's all I was doing, buddy. 
Well, mm-hmm. you know, I want to look at backup quarterbacks right quick. Ryan Mallett for New England. I mean, Jonathan, what are they going to do with him? Could they use him for some trade bait? Maybe or are they grooming him to really take over Tom Brady? I think he's the best backup in the NFL, and nobody really knows him, really. Well, and New England's been grooming Mallet for a while, and I like Mallet in college. He had a cannon for an arm. Um, but I keep hearing that Houston's in on him. I keep hearing Bill O'Brien wants Mallet. They're in on him. They're going to they're gonna make a trade for Mallet and then draft Clowney number one overall. And it, it wouldn't surprise me to happen, but, I mean, you don't know what you're getting with Mallet, and that becomes the problem. With Matt Castle, you kind of knew what you were getting, but at the same time, it, you, you know, it, it, it's just really weird how these backups in New England get love. They don't really have to play too much. You know, I like Mallet. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. He might be the best backup in the NFL. It has to go through the list of all of them. Um, but, I mean, it, it's definitely interesting to see what New England's going to do with him in the coming months. Well, Trey, the NFL draft is coming up. We're 52 days, 22 hours, 29 minutes, and 16 seconds. Just the way. I'm just keeping count here on ESPN. Um, I don't know if you heard A.J. McCarron's comments, Trey. A.J. McCarron said he was the best quarterback coming out in this draft. What do you think about his comments? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily agree that he's part of him, but i got to tell you, the three that are out there in the first round, I'm not sure that much better than the guys who may be taking at the fourth. Yeah, but why the quarterback craze, Jonathan, right now? Everybody's talking about Manziel, Bridgewater, and um, what is the name slipping my mind from Central Portal. Florida? Portal, yeah. I mean, Blake, why, why the love these guys, really? Blake Bortles is a good quarterback, but is he good enough to take a team and win a, take him to a Super Bowl? Johnny Manziel, he doesn't have the size. Bridgewater really hasn't played against the competition to, to really know. I mean, I'm not very impressed with any of them. I mean, so – why would you take him this high up in the draft? Everybody's talking about quarterbacks. Let's talk about this draft, how loaded it is. Are you willing to gamble on a quarterback that early? Manziel's a ticket seller, and he plays fun football. I mean, he reminds me so much of the Brett Favre Johnson mentality with the Michael Vick elusiveness. I, I mean, that, that's what he reminds me of. It's, it's, and when Franz Harkinson said Manziel reminds me of him, I actually – went back and watched him film a Tarkin, and I was like, yeah, you know what, not for nothing, but he does. I mean, the way the way that Tarkenton played back then, it was it, it, might, it does remind you of Manziel. Um, but, you know, it, it also depends, can he actually succeed? And, and that's where you have to wonder. Uh, Bortles, we saw the way he played against Baylor, the way he played against, uh, uh, you know, um, Louisville, the comeback in that game. The, the way the you know, he came back violently against South Carolina. Did he make some stupid mistakes at the end of that game? Of course he did. You know, but he played, he played well against South Carolina, played really well against Penn State. He made some real comebacks last year, showed a lot of resolve on a team that, let's face it, without Bortles, that UCF is not very good. Um, and, you know, he does have the size, and that bothers me when people go back to just the size. Look how tall he is. Look how much he weighs. But, uh, you know, I mean, I understand the comparison to Roethlisberger, and then Bridgewater, you're right, does not impress me. He just doesn't. And, well, look what he did in this game and that game. Yeah, but Bridgewater tends to sit. When Bridgewater gets a one-point lead, he wants to sit on it, even though it's the first, you know, three minutes of the game. He'll sit on it. And that bothers me. Um, you know, does he show some really good accuracy and touch on passes? Yeah, but he just doesn't wow you. Bridgewater is a backup quarterback to me. He really is. I don't know why. 
I would take Bridgewater over Geno Smith in a heartbeat. But at the same time, I think Geno Smith's a third stringer. Yeah, but the more I look at this draft, Trey, the the more I see you can't go wrong with Clowney. I mean, that's I think Khalil Mack is – I don't know about a linebacker being taken that high, honestly. People are falling in love with this kid out of Buffalo, but – are you really going to take a linebacker trade that high? And I mean, the safest play there's there's three safe plays: Jake Matthews, Greg Robinson, and Clowney trade. Which one do you take? Ooh. Well, I don't know. That. That's only three safe picks, but uh, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be pretty safe. But uh, I'm talking that, about uh, up at the top. At the top, this first one overall is what I meant. Well, Matt, I don't think. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I agree with those three either, but. Uh, I think Clowney is the guy I would take number one. I mean, I think he is the safest guy. Uh, all you have to do is try to motivate him with his mo- you know, with money. I think with, J- with J.J. Watt, <laughs> I think that's going to be a no problem. J.J. Watt can pretty much motivate anybody. Uh, and so I think yeah. that's the safest place for them to go. So, Trey, hold on a minute. You said, you, you, Trey, you said my, the people I named weren't, you know, weren't guarantees really. I know you said Clowney, but who else would you take number one overall besides Clowney, Robinson, or Matthews, really? Number one overall that you knew what you would get, and there would be no question about it. Name me another couple of players. Well, let's let's start off with the proposition that we don't know. None of these guys are for sure. I mean, you know, Robinson and Matthews look great on film, but so did a lot of Husker-type tackles who've been taken very high and didn't pan out. So, I mean, nobody's for sure. I think Clowney is the most sure I have in this draft, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Jonathan, you were going to say something. You disagreed with Trey. Yeah, I think Jake Matthews is the safest prospect in the draft. He can start at left tackle or right tackle. Um, Clowney is, where is the, how are you going to motivate him? I mean, once he gets his, once he gets his, you know, his money – is he really going to be motivated anymore? I mean, what is Clowney actually playing for? Does he actually like, uh, you know, Robinson, I don't know what he is in pass protection yet. I don't know if I trust him in pass pro. Because all, 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 we've seen him, he's a great run blocker. But I remember in that championship game, Marty Edwards got after him. And, um, you know, Marty Edwards can get after you, as you know, and, yeah, he came in all that hype. But Marty Edwards hadn't really been that much of a factor, all things considering. You know, Mario Edwards is knocking you on your rear end. We got issues. And, and I think that's what people tend to forget. Look back at that game film. Um, you know, I don't know about Watkins. I, like, I don't know about Khalil Mack. He showed some real mental issues up in Buffalo. You know, big fish in a little pond. You know, I think Mike Evans is the safest receiver pick out there. You know what you're getting on Mike Evans. Is he fast? No, he's not, he's not going to run, you know, burn you. But he'll, he'll run a 4-5. He's gonna go up and you know up and make the catches at the at the point. I mean, he's got sure hands. You know, I, I think you know, it, it, yeah, they're both from Texas and but I think those are the two safest picks I could find are Matthews and Evans out of that top ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Watkins. I would rather have him as a receiver than than Evans. Honestly, I've I've seen Sammy Watkins. But Evans is great too, Trey. But Greg Robinson, I know you talk about his pass protection and everything, but I don't think you realize what a freak this guy is. His size, he, he's he's faster than most people on the field, and he's very agile. So was Tony Manning. Mean, so yeah, but I'm just telling you. Well, I'm just telling you guys. You can you can mark my words. We'll come back three years, four years from now, 
And, and we'll be talking about Greg Robinson probably being the best lineman in the NFL. That's how that's his ceiling. That's what he can do. And Jake Matthews is the same kind of of lineman, but he's just he's more of a, a study, a student of the game. He he was raised around the NFL. But Greg Robinson's that wild card, really. That I mean, his ceiling is a lot higher than anybody else on that line. You know what you're going to get with Matthews. He's about topped out what he's going to be able to do. But I think what they see in Robinson, Trey. Is, I mean, if you work with him, just imagine you can work with him, the fundamentals and coaching. If you have a coach there that can keep developing him, I mean, you could have a monster on your hands. And if you get somebody like Greg Robinson that can dominate, I mean, you can do anything on offense. And I think that's why he's so high right now on the draft board. And I think he'll go at number two. I mean, I don't think it's a doubt. He will be the second person drafted. I think Clowney will be one. I think Greg Robinson will be will be number two. St. Louis will take Matthews before they take Robinson. Fisher's got family ties there. I don't think so. Family ties will get you fired, man. You got to get the best out there. You got to, you got to protect. You got to get your job. But you're right, Jonathan, about the pass protection. But uh, trade Johnny Manziel. Is it possible that he could drop out of the first round? I think it's possible that any of the three quarterbacks could drop out. I really do. I mean. You've had at least a couple of GMs who, you know, said anonymously, which is what GMs do, uh, have said that they don't even have first-run grades for any of the quarterbacks out there. So, you know, whether that's just Ben or whether that's the real, I think it's real. I mean, I think there are a lot of folks who are watching these three quarterbacks who don't think in a normal year these guys would be first-run grades. So uh, I think it's possible the way you saw, I mean, heck, Tarvin, remember Aaron Rodgers got on, what, 22nd or something like that? I think it's possible that some of these guys drop for sure. I just think so many people are in love with the quarterback position that, that they're willing to gamble. But, Jonathan, you said, Manziel, you're right about the ticket sales, but if you're winning game, if you're losing games, I don't care how fun you are on the field or how energetic you are. You're, they're not going to come. They're not going to pay to come watch you play. If you suck and you're well, losing that's games. That's what they said about Tebow. Well, but Tebow played for Denver, and they were actually a playoff team. Oh, they were an eight eighteen. Let's you know, we say playoff team. They were eight and eight. They backed their way into winning that division. They lost the last three games of that year and still won the division. You know, that was not fun football to watch. They, that was a terrible offense with a great defense. They were losing games, sold out every game. They sold out every game. And the main reason behind that was people wanted to see Tebow. People supported Tebow. You heard more people say I'm a Tebow fan then I'm a Denver Broncos fan. And that, and I think Johnny Manziel will draw people to the stands that first year. Not fan, I'm not guaranteeing you he's going to be there the second year. Where they're, you know, I, I don't know about that, but that first year, whoever drafts him is going to see, you know, they're going to see an uptick in ticket sales. If the Houston Texans draft Manziel, that will be huge. Just from the standpoint of what he's going to do, his, his marketing off the field. He already signed the largest endorsement deal by a rookie ever with Nike. Now you're talking about all these, you know, all the local businesses that are going to go after him. And not only that, but he's a hometown kid. I mean, he, he's, not, he's not a Houston kid, but he's a Texas kid. He's going to sell. And, I mean, and Houston is the easiest fix, though. You're talking about a team that won 12, 13 games three years in a row, all of a sudden falls off the face of the earth, kind of like Atlanta. It's like, well, you know, things happen. But it's a quick fix. You know it's a winning team. You know, and that's why I think Houston and Atlanta, the fact they lost this year gives them an easier schedule next year. And I think that you're going to see Houston and Atlanta both contend for playoff spots if not the division crowns. 
Yeah. Well, Trey, anything you want to add before we go tonight? Wednesday night show is going to be big. Trying to save as much basketball talk for then, but I mean, what a weekend it's been of college basketball. It did not disappoint. But Trey, I don't know how much you got to watch. So, which tournament did you enjoy the most? Oh, the Big Ten, no doubt. Jonathan, which one did you like the most? The the Big Ten, the SEC didn't impress me. The ACC, for obvious reasons, was disappointing. I mean, the Big Ten was so entertaining. It was. I mean, the SEC, I tried, guys, to watch some of that. I mean, I watched today, don't get me wrong, I watched Tennessee Tennessee and Florida, but how bad was that tournament? I mean... There was no drama in that tournament whatsoever. And you have a you have a fourteen team league here, and you have a tournament, and you have no drama at all. Number one and number two made it, no questions asked. Trey, Florida won it just like everybody thought. But I mean, was that the most boring tournament out of all of them? I think it was the least of the ones that finished on the second day. Yeah, last last day. Yeah, it was it was the least entertaining. Georgia State right. was more entertaining. Hey, it was. I mean, that was a, an amazing game right there. But too bad Georgia State didn't make the tournament. I think they could have given some pe- given people some problems. But guys, Wednesday night at eight thirty, we're gonna we're gonna go through our bracket, our predictions. So we hope all of you can join us for that. Make sure you fill out your brackets with us. And when you click on the link on our page. For the bracket, the password is Tarvin, T-A-R-V-I-N. That's my last name, so just put it in. Fill it out and then just see if you can beat us. I don't, I don't know, Trey. I, I think you or me or Jonathan, probably one of us three could win this whole thing mm-hmm. or will win the whole thing. Well, one of us will win our tournament for sure. Uh, whether we're going to be a billion-dollar uh, tournament, no, that's not going to happen. Well, if I win a billion dollars, you all well, you, you you just have to make sure, Jonathan, you split it with us. How about that? Give us something. Give us give us a hundred million or something. How about that? Well, since it's paid out in twenty five million installments, I'll make sure I kick you in just enough to make you happy for the next four years. I need it, man. I need some money, Trey. You don't, you don't have to worry about him. He's he's a lawyer. He's rich, so you need, you need to take care of me. <laughs> I'm sorry, to say, you got it. Who's my employer? Uh, the government. Never mind. Sorry, Jonathan. Scratch that. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, have a great week, and, and we'll see you Wednesday. I just, I'm going to be salivating until the tournament. I know the first game starts Tuesday night, and I know they're playing games, but, guys, I'll be watching them. Uh, they'll be great. So we'll be picking our brackets starting with the games Thursday. So we're going to pick them Wednesday night and call in. We'll get your predictions on air. Be a good chance for you to get your name out there. So have a great week. And right now I'm going to play one shining moment for all you basketball nuts like And all the years, no one knows.
my heart you want But now it's yours 